Welcome to the IAOMS podcast series, where we gather for unique conversations about advancing the specialty. In this special series, we explore the history of the IOMS through the stories of our past presidents. In this episode, our moderator, Dr. G.E. Ghali, interviews Dr. John Williams, Dr. Nabil Saman, Dr. Kishore Nayek, and Dr. Alejandra Martinez. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the session. I'd like to welcome everyone to the IAOMS 60th Anniversary Podcast Series. We're excited to feature stories uh, from our past presidents, and we're eager to share with them uh, and our e-learning community uh, the history behind the association, as well as the history behind these esteemed uh, gentlemen uh, that, that that we have with us here this morning. I will first begin uh, to introduce the, the, the panel. Uh, first, <clears throat> we have with us uh, Mr. John Williams, who served as president of the IAOMS from 2005 to 2007. We have uh, Professor Nabil Saman, who served as president from 2007 to 2009. Professor Kishore Nayak, who served from 2011 to 2013. And we're also have the pleasure during this podcast to have our current uh, president, uh, Alejandro Martinez uh, from Mexico, who is currently the, the president of the IAOMS. And ask Mr. Williams to kind of give a little bit about his background. Uh, he's known to many, many of us around the world, uh, indeed has served as, as a, a co-author of one of the most uh, prestigious books on maxillofacial trauma in the entire world. And uh, Mr. Williams, uh, thanks for joining us. And can you please tell us, uh, the audience, a little bit about uh, how you initially became interested in oral and maxillofacial surgery, and then more specifically, how you, you saw yourself serving as president of this organization? Yes, I'd sir. been president of the British and European associations, and I'd been secretary general of the European Association for a decade. Now, during that time, one of the presidents of the International Association um, was Rudy Fries. And Rudy Fries had done a huge amount of traveling across both Africa and behind the Iron Curtain, as it was then, to discover what the troubles were and what could be done on an international level to improve situations. And he had turned up a great deal of trouble and lack of care in Africa. And I had already worked during the Biafran trouble in Nigeria, so I knew something of it. But what Rene Fries wanted us to do was to take it very much further. And Paul Sterlinger and I, Paul preceded me in, in uh, the International Association. And the issue of Africa was a very difficult one. And we looked at an area big enough to actually do some good, and that was East Africa. And from that, we decided that the right thing to do was to go out there and have a good look at it and see what should happen. And we had to travel quite a lot, roughly, to see it. Now, Kenya and Dar es Salaam were the closely related one was with the most advanced situation. And we set about 
making or persuading them to make local organizations, you know, many, not many people, but nevertheless, local organizations. And having done that, we persuaded the International Association to take them as an exception to the general rule because they didn't represent a whole continent. And with them, we actually worked out a curriculum that they might follow that would have some international standing. And they finished up with a program which was modeled to some extent on the one that had been set up by the folks from Hong Kong in Thailand, not for the Thais, but for the countries around. And the same in East Africa. It wasn't for Kenya and uh, the Kenyans to be this dominant feature. It was for all the countries around. And we persuaded them then to organize a training program that we would help them with. There's no good sending them people to help who knew about uh, lots of the local diseases. The people there knew very well how to deal with it. But it was the mainly basic sciences that they lacked. And uh, thanks to Julio Asira, who was our education officer at the time, we actually gathered a course, a residential course, for which the International Association paid to help the students get to it in order to try out the program. And it seemed to work very well. But the proof of the puddings in the eating and there never was an outcome audit done on the results of that particular process. And that, I think, was a failing of the International Association because there have been various exercises in Africa to actually examine what's been done. Anyway, having set up the program and having established it, we then found that there were no operating theaters available for trainees. So as a separate fundraising exercise, we raised enough money to build two operating theaters that were interlinked together with their anesthetic rooms and a recovery area. And we made that in Dar es Salaam because you may recall at that time that Zam uh, that uh, um, Kenya was in a state of uh, disruption. So we were able to move the training program between the two with, with the same participants. That helped to establish something of a training program that no national association could do, but we, the international association, could do it. We helped in a different way in Eastern Europe. And I personally went out to Romania and help them establish a program and training. And what we were looking for when we went to these countries <coughs> were not people who had been appointed by regimes, but people who had credit on their academic basis and would therefore be represented rather better within the association. So that was, that was my program. It took seven years for me to deal with that. Thank you, Mr. Williams. Uh, <clears throat> Nabil, Professor Saman, uh, you uh, served as president of this organization of the IOMS from 2007 to 2009, served <laughs> on, the, on the Education Committee, Fellowship Committee, uh, currently editor of the IJOMS. Uh, 
how did you become interested in oral and maxillofacial surgery and and how did you get roped into to being the uh, president of this organization thank you it um it really oral maxillofacial surgery was a was a no option situation because when you do dentistry this is definitely the most interesting part it doesn't take a genius to realize that that's the best part of dentistry so when it when you start with that then you end up following what it takes and you end up um, in the specialty of oral maxillofacial surgery this is i think pretty in my mind logical and common thinking uh, iOMS is the representative organization for those who don't belong really in well established organizations such as the european or the american uh, or the latin american for that matter that was newer so it was a natural to to be that attracted to as for the education business it was Paul Stullinger who gave me the chance to to be education chairman for six years um, during which activities were started in relation to education programs for the IOMS that was the beginning which really went to a long way since then and um, after six years in the education then I ended up uh, lucky to be president and that was uh, continuation of the same agenda of extending educational programs in a different way moving on to fellowships and so on so it really is just a a kind of a wheel that kept kept going forward and uh, the journal is a, a separate thing this is something also that i independently happened to like doing and that was going on in parallel and that hasn't stopped so com- quite in contrast to many presidents uh, who become president after being perhaps an editor um the other way around i was an editor and i came to being more of an editor after the presidency because there was a lot more opportunity and time to to put into that and and do it as well as i would like to do it so i'm not sure if that answers the question no that's perfect thank you uh thank you nabil uh, kishore uh serving as president from 2011-2013 uh from uh, india how did you become interested in this wonderful specialty and more specifically more specifically the IAOMS I think you're on mute uh Kishore Yeah sorry uh getting into the specialty was exactly the same reasons what Nabil cited I think you know it was really uh, a no brainer it was the best option that one could take up after doing dentistry um undoubtedly it was exciting and never for a moment have i regretted getting into the specialty i think uh, you know the kind of the range of work that you could do uh, and the kind of people i've met along the way um that more or less says it all um getting into the iomf i think it was a pure accident uh, peter banks one of our ex presidents um invited me to a uh, educational session in Kyoto i attended that and i was hooked um, i knew that this was the place i needed to be because i was learning something new at every icoms subsequently attended uh, many icoms ended up doing one myself in bangalore and then ironically i mean i'm just saying we are at our 60th anniversary today and it just seems like the other day we did our 50th in london i think uh um, John Williams had organized that and I can't believe how time flies but I always believe this that every president who served this association 
left the IOMS better than he found it or she found it. And I think that's been the overriding principle why IOMS is what it is. Mm. Thank you, Kishore. Wonderful uh, comments. Uh, Dr. Martinez uh, from Mexico. Well, after listening to, to our past presidents, it looks like this is like a virus. <laughs> I started when I was in dental school and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I like I like it a lot the mouth since since I was a child. So I went into dental school and I in my hands I got the Gustav Kruger book. That uh, that book that was for for undergraduate students. And I started like looking the pages and reading the pages and and I said to my mind this is what I want to be. I, I saw Gustav Kruger, our orthognatic case, class three, big class three case. And I said, this is what I want to do. Since that very moment, I, in my mind was clear, I wanted to be an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Then I had the opportunity to be in Mexico City trained by Dr. Molina Mugel. And He's still very active. I mean, and he is the one who was traveling all Latin America, working with the Alasibu people and going to the <clears throat> European Association meetings, the IOMS meetings, the AMOS meetings. And he was traveling all around and coming back to our program and explaining to us what was going on in the world. And, and, and I think I got that, that this virus from him. Then... Um, I will say that then, then I became president of the Mexican Association because of inviting many international professors. And then I became president of the Latin American Association and I got the closest opportunity to be with the IOMS directors and staff. And, 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 and I saw, that's when I saw that IOMS was a very important, serious, and professional association. And that's how I became here. And I cannot forget a time we were, years ago, we were, the IBSAM was going to start. It was a four-star task committee. And I had to go out of that task because I was representing Alasibu. And Kishore, who is here, he grown me a chat. Alex stay, stayed in the executive committee. <laughs> and, and that's why I'm here now. I mean, it, it has been just, as Nabil says, it's kind of a wheel. Thank you. Thank you for those unique stories. Uh, Mr. Williams, uh, education is a key to the growth of our specialty. I think uh, we would all agree to that. How in your mind has uh, the I IOMS education impacted this uh, growth uh, from your time forward? Well, I, I think that one of the big problems to start with was the regional associations were so different one from another. And one of the issues that IOMS has tackled is to try and resolve the basic education and training for the specialty. 
Now that's difficult. And if you take Europe alone, it's difficult because it's different north from south, east from west. And trying to get any harmony in that has been quite difficult. I think we need that to actually help around the world generally. And the issues are, are really looking at where the specialty is either not represented or represented inadequately and trying to help establish better training for our upcoming people. I think that one of the great problems is actually traveling to find where the problems are and trying to resolve them um, on a national basis or regional basis. And I think one of the things the International Association can do is cross boundaries that national associations or even regional associations cannot do. Great. Uh, Professor Saman, same, same question. I think you're on uh, mute there. What was the question? The, the question was related yeah. to education as the uh, as the is the key to the growth of our specialty yeah. uh, and how has the IOMS education impacted this growth yes uh, thank you I agree with what John said exactly and I would add just the following that our programs have actually served to connect people together and to showcase what is uh, I mean I don't even talk about scope scope is kind of a little bit uh, more technical than I'm meaning to say. What I mean is that people got to know what the others are doing. People got to know what um, what actually is a standard somewhere else. And that was one way of dealing with what John so said was quite rightly said was very difficult to harmonize between people's qualifications and work and practices by actually connecting them together and seeing what everyone's doing because then they get encouraged, they get trained, and they may be able to cite an activity in, in an equivalent company um, and use it to help them justify or enable them to function in their own otherwise more restricted area. So it, the education has worked on multiple fronts. Uh, one of them is just exposure of people to what others are doing by interconnecting them. Others were a little bit more technical. Our fellowships have enabled, you know, granted individuals uh, achieving a higher status or higher training status and going back, and they are practicing that has been checked. They have improved their locale. So, you know, it's, um, it's really networked people together and improved results. Dr. Nayak, uh, same same question related. How, how has the I, IAOMS education impacted? I guess another way to ask it is how has the education provided by the International Association impacted the growth of our specialty worldwide? I mean, I could say, I mean, I'm sitting in a country like India, that we've had great, I mean, IAOMS has been a great influence in terms of conferences, visiting faculty, and of course fellowships, which you and Nabil so, you know, uh, rightly did. And uh, I think 
in fellowships, I think we were limited by finances and the numbers that we could actually put out of number of trainees. But um, so I think that when people from, a, say, one country got exposed to what other countries were doing, I think that in itself set different benchmarks. And uh, I mean, you, for instance, Dali, you've been a frequent visitor to this part of the world and you've been a great influence. And I think the IOMS has enabled that. And, uh, and it should continue doing that. It's never enough. You know, there's never a line to say, yeah, we've done it, but I think we need to continue doing it. Of course, of course. Thank you, Kishore. Yeah. Uh, Alex, uh, any brief comments about that as well? Yeah, I, I agree with, the, with, with our three past presidents. I mean, definitely IOMS has served and impacted the world because of exposure, as Nabil says, because fellowships, the foundation has helped, IOMS Foundation has helped on this issue and education, educational programs. And one little story is what happened in Mexico. In 1992, Javier Davila was president of the Mexican Association, and he invited Dr. Robert Cook, who was IOMS president. And Dr. Cook came with Dr. With Dr. B. Walker, who was past, IOMS past president, and also Victor Monkars, who was at that time of, of the board of directors in IOMS, is from Canada. And the three of them came to Mexico to explain why it was very important to change the nationals program from three years to four years minimum. And that took a, a very strong, a strong effort because IOMS and Mexican Association talked to the Mexican authorities to make this happen because it was a full process to have a four-year full-time in the hospital, residents being paid. So, but it happened. And Mexico became a four-year program, full-time, residents being paid. So this is a little example of how IOMS has been impacting in all the world. And the same has been to Latin America. I, IOMS has been very generous through the through its foundation and has given many, many gifts of knowledge or educational programs in all Latin America, more than 12 programs. And that has impacted in the education of Latin America. And for sure that has impacted in the standards of care for patients. Excellent, thank you. Uh, I'd like to combine sort of the last last two questions together, uh, and I want to start with Mr. Williams. And considering where the specialty was during your term of pre as president, how has it evolved to today, and what role do you see the I IAOMS playing in the future of our specialty? I think one of the great problems is deciding what we can do where national associations can't. And one of the things that's concerned me about um, the scholarships that we have awarded 
is that the national associations could probably afford to send people on their own, not always, but could at least assist in it. And that would then free up money to develop facilities elsewhere, because one of the great problems about all the money that's been poured into equipment and facilities in the remote countries that haven't got it is that it's very often been in Asia as at the end of the range. So that, you know, you have seven autoclaves and then something goes wrong, so they rob Peter to pay Paul until they get to one autoclave. And this is what we found in Africa. And the great problem is actually recognizing that the Zimmer equipment doesn't actually need teaching in quite the way that it's been done. And so therefore, there's a constant need to support these people to try and not only train them in the specialty, but in the care of equipment to go with the specialty. And I think that if a country can afford to send one of its trainees from A to B to actually learn a technique or do it, that's fine. But there's some fundamental problems in parts of the world that we are not tackling, and I think we could. Thank you. Professor Saman, same, same question. Uh, considering where the specialty was during your term as president, how has it evolved? And what role do you see the IOMS playing in the future of oral and maxillofacial surgery? So uh, in my mind, what's distinctly uh, noticeably different over the last years is the communication communication with the members and with the specialty as a whole. This is a function of uh, developing communications worldwide. I mean, this is not our achievement. This is just how the world shifted. And so the communications have enabled um, much more um, reach and efficiency or effectiveness of education, which is what we're using as our main uh, uh, sort of tool. And that tool has become that much more effective with new communications. And I'm very pleased to, to consider and to say that IOMS, with its current and recent administrative ability, has been able to maximize this. And COVID era is a typical example. I mean, I was so frightened that things will fold up and fall away in COVID. Actually, they've improved because of this, because of the efficient organization that we became and that uh, using the facilities which are available uh, in general to actually uh, make have an effect, make an impact. And so education is, is much bigger now than what it was when I was there because um, of these, you know, you, you mentioned e-learning and multiple things like that. They have really, really increased and their, their, their effect has multiplied. And I think that can only be good. And I think this is the way that it's going to be in the future uh, more and more because, I, I mean, I don't know what the future holds, but I can't see that line of progress changing directions. It's not going to go back to what it was. It's going to be more and more of the above. That We'd be lucky if we can just keep some human involvement in this because, you know, I'm going to Madrid next week because I'm dying to see the people again after three years. I haven't seen anyone. Yeah. You know, 
So we're, we're, we're dying to see you, Nabil. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> and and you know, it's the, the same with um, with work. I mean, you you want to you cannot do everything by machinery and by electronics, but you can use it to enhance some of what you're doing, which I think IMS has been doing really well at. So I'm really happy with that, and I congratulate all the uh, people who followed. Uh, and what they've been doing, especially in times of crisis in the last three years. So, well, thank you. That, um, yeah. And it, it's, uh, I think it's hard to believe it's been almost a decade, uh, Kishore, since you were you were. <laughs> it's hard to believe that it's gone by quickly. But but same same question to you. I think Nabil stole the words right out of my mouth. I think you know, just at my time and perhaps just before that, when Nabil and John were heading the organization. We were a brick and mortar organization. You know, everything was structured, everything was on paper. And suddenly, you know, here you find everything, digital communications, all our, like what we're doing right now. We wouldn't have thought we'd have been doing something like this maybe four or five years ago. I think it was the worry, not just for the IOMS. I saw it with the Indian Association and many local associations. They thought they were just going to implode uh, during COVID. We didn't have an ICOMS. Uh, national meetings were called off. But I think COVID, in spite of everything that it did, turned out to be a blessing in disguise. It pushed us to a space where, you know, we could reach out and, you know, get in a lot of these youngsters involved in many of our programs. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, if you look at the 50th year, the 60th year, and as we progress to 70 and 75 years, the way we communicate, the way we educate, and the way we meet is going to be unrecognizable over the every decade that we take. And I think it's going to get better. I think we should see that as progress. And the IOMS should facilitate that. Just for example, our office, we had a big sprawling office on the outskirts of Chicago. I believe we don't have that anymore. You know, there are people sitting somewhere out in the ether of space and conducting what we're doing right now. I think it's brilliant. And any cost saving that we do, anything that makes us lean and mean, adds to the specialty, adds to the organization. Great way to go. It doesn't seem like it's hurt the specialty, Kishore. No, not at all. It hasn't. No, it hasn't. Yeah. Seems like it's helped it. It's it's uh, seems, seems that way. Um, but of course, uh, what uh, Mr. Williams and, and uh, Professor Saman say that the importance of having physical contact, I guess. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. President Martinez, uh, I give you the... the I'm final. looking forward to Vancouver, you know. I just want to be there. I already booked my tickets to be there. So there you okay. go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do agree with the three of them. I mean, it's, I mean, I, IOMS, I think is, I will say is, after all this year and after this pandemia, it 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 it, it, it IOMS it is perfectly stable, even after this pandemic. We we have learned how to how to keep working virtually and how to keep memberships, how to keep with the education programs. And, and now this year, 22, the world is it's open and, and we and this is like a big party to see each other in person to to share knowledge, to share the education, to share camaraderie. So this is what is going. And, and I think that everybody will be 
very happy to be in Vancouver in 2023 with no doubt. And how do I see the future in this specialty? I think that the IOMS is the keystone which maintains legacy of our specialty and spread the knowledge through all the world. And it produced better standards of care, as I have said. But the rich part, the rich part of IOMS is the surgeon's diversity. Many countries different with different economies, with different health systems and, and clinical experience. And, and, and I think that this is the true heart of knowledge and experience, having, having this, this diversity. And a clear example is what Dr. Galli has, has done with the famous World Cafe experience, getting the international doctors into one national meeting and, and share two clinical cases and see how the same patient could be treated differently in Africa or Latin America or Europe or Asia. That, that has given to us how we can share knowledge and, and, and learn different experiences. So IOMS needs in the future to keep, with it, to keep communication and to keep members. Memberships is very important. And our staff has been a fantastic group of persons that have been helping us with keeping memberships, adding new members, getting communication through all the houses in the world and working and working with the educations program. So I think we have a fantastic staff now that help us to do all this possible. Thank you, Dr. Martinez. <clears throat> but before I, I make a closing uh, thought, um, I, I'd like to to open it to to anyone uh, uh, here today, uh, Mr. Williams, uh, uh, Professor Saman, Professor Nayak, uh, Dr. Martinez. Does anyone have any final thoughts that they would like to make before I make a closing comment? Well. Uh, if I, are you wanting me to, to start? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I, I think we've done a huge amount, but I don't think it stops there. I think we have to recognize that if we're going to help people, there are countries who need a much more continuous support than others. And whereas one is a, on the top level, just think of our own specialty, how it's moved into craniofacial surgery how we've moved now into robotic surgery. That's one end of it. But the bottom end of it, we mustn't forget. And that's the area that I think needs a lot of care, a lot of attention, and follow up to make sure that what we're doing through an outcome audit is financially worthwhile. Anyone else? Thank you, Mr. Wood. Uh, on behalf of the IAOMS uh, Education Committee and the entire association on the 60th anniversary Past Presidents podcast series, it's been my honor to, to moderate these past uh, three sessions. I'll tell you that uh, today is no different. Uh, Mr. Williams, uh, 
Professor Saman, Professor Nayak, uh, Professor Martinez. Uh, thank you for your time. I think what's become most evident to me, uh, sure, the, 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 the storytelling is wonderful. The history is wonderful. The background that you guys give and the knowledge and the insight but really what strikes me the most is each of you in your individual way has a, a tremendous passion for this specialty and a tremendous passion for the IAOMS. <coughs> and I want to thank you for that passion. Uh, Professor Nayak. Uh, Gali, I think on behalf of all of us, yeah, I want to thank you in particular for what you've been doing for the IOMS. I think, you know, we need to recognize the educational effort you put in, or the fellowships and scrutinizing applications and getting the right people, the right training programs identified. And for the time and effort, particularly you put in the last two to three years in our digital programs and in our you know web lectures and everything. I think people need to recognize that. And that has been a selfless contribution from you. I, I, I really appreciate it and, you know, I hope you do more for the organization and you go places with us. We look forward to that. Thank you for your kind words. I, I don't, I'm not sure I deserve that, but thank you very much uh, yeah. for everything uh, that, that you guys have done. And again, thank you for your passion for the specialty and thank you for contributing to this uh, uh, 60th anniversary past presidents podcast series. And with that, uh, Unless anyone else has any other comments, uh, we we will conclude. Xander will be able to. Uh, Xander uh, is is still there. He can edit. He will edit all of these. I'm not sure how we're going to put them together. We've had uh, just just to let everyone know, uh, we had uh, the first one had uh, uh, Dr. Malese uh, Julio on there as well. Uh, uh, the second one had uh, Alexis Larry Nissen, uh, and uh, today, of course, uh, you guys. And so, uh, I think it's going to be a great uh, podcast series, and that's something that we can that the new trainees can look at over time. And and uh, I think it's a good way to, to <laughs> memorialize some of this. I wish we'd had uh, done it, uh, you know. Uh, you know, with Dr. Walker and Terrence Ward and others like that, just just to have that information that we could look at and listen to. Yeah. I just want to add that, that what Kisher said, and you have been a very important, you, Dr. Gali Gali, have been a very important person in, in, in IOMS. In the last six years, the educational programs has been very successful. And this is because you, because your work and the work that you have with the IOMS staff and other, and other surgeons, but thank you very much. And I know you're ending your six years term in the educational program. So yes, I do hope to see you in IOMS in another position, but keep, keep in IOMS working and taking us further. Thank you, Dr. Gowell. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us today. Visit us online at www.iaoms.org to become a member of our vibrant global community. 
and to access a variety of education and timely resources. Stay up to date on IAOMS by following us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast while you're here, so you're the first to know when new episodes are released. Until next time.